Nothing prepares you for F-Zero, created for the new Super Nintendo Entertainment System. You won't believe the power. You won't believe the control. You won't believe the jumps, the curves, or the feeling you get until you experience it for yourself. Wow. That's fast. F-Zero for the ultimate G-Force, only on the next generation from Nintendo. Now you're racing with power. Superpower. Welcome to the Podtendo Podcast, where we analyze, reminisce, and replay the glory of old Nintendo games. We can be contacted on Twitter at Podtendo Podcast, email us at podtendo at gmail.com, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube, and if you all search Podtendo on those things, we will pop up. I'm your co-host, uh, Fresh New Pants Mick, and I'm joined every episode by my lovely co-host... Probably already broken his uh, New Year's resolution, Tyson. Nice, nice. Pretty good job. You made it to the fifth. <laughs> wow, wow. Good effort. Uh, so uh, we are a retrospective Let's Play review kind of retro game. Uh, if you are joining us, welcome. Uh, we are kind of getting into a Smash Brothery kind of attitude. The one game, however, we forgot on that list before we ever talk about the game that is Smash Brothers, we have to talk about... The man, the myth, the legend. Captain motherfucking Falcon. And he, of course, is from the Super Nintendo game F-Zero. Yes. One of the uh, one of my personal favorites for the Super Nintendo. And ever since I was a kid, this was, this was one of my go-tos. Nice. Nice. So, the release date of this fine title was November 21st, 1990 in Japan. And August 23rd, 1991 in North America. Price at release was $49.99, and if we factor in inflation, that's $90.59 today. How long to beat has this fine game at three hours? And an eShop price is it's available on the Wii U for $9.99. It's also available on the SNES Classic. If you were lucky enough, me this last year, Christmas, got one of those under the Christmas tree. How fun would that be? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's nice, because apparently those, they're, they weren't so what we like to do is we like to kind of get our nostalgia juices flowing. What does society look like? What does culture look like? Uh, what does the world look like when this game came out? So what we're going to do is jump into our patented Wayback Machine, travel back to August 23rd, 1991, and see, do we want to live there? So we'll start out. Could it be The Simpsons, Season 3, Episode 1, Stark Raving Dad? Homer wears a pink shirt to work and is declared insane and meets Michael Jackson, who goes by the pseudonym of J. Of John J. Smith in the asylum, or Fresh Prince of Bel Air, season two, episode one. Did the Earth move on you? On their way to the People's Choice Award, an earthquake hits, leaving the bank stranded in the family car, Uncle Phil's office, and in their basement. So, of those two shows, Tyson, what would you rather watch? Ah, oh, that's a that's a pretty great episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. This is one of my favorite Simpson episodes. However, the Fresh Prince is I've never seen this episode. I've, I've never seen it. So I'm really intrigued, and I think I'm going to have to go with Fresh Prince here. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down, and I'd like to take a minute and just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel-Air. Nice. Good job, Fresh Prince. Uh, I remember randomly watching this. I don't know why. I mean, I used to watch lots of Fresh Prince, and it's just it is one of those things that kind of popped up, and I was like, oh, cool. I remember that episode. It's it's kind of fun. It takes it some more grounded in reality, and it's the horrors of what happens if you're, you know, faced in an earthquake. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And um, living in California, that's something that they have to deal with as a part of regular, yep. regular day, tight, day tight life. Tsunamis could come wash you out. Earthquakes could take you out. There's fires everywhere. 
What a great place to live, California, you know? It's pretty, but god dang, does the weather just try to kill you. And it's not like God's trying to, like, make them pay for all their sins. All the gays. (laughs) Jesus. I don't know. That's just a funny joke, though. (laughs) But in 91, probably not cool. Other things that on TV potentially could be Major Dad, Blossom, Home Improvement, Full House, Roseanne, Wonder Years, Doogie Howser, Who's the Boss, Growing Pains, Beverly Hills, 90210, Family Matters, Step by Step, and Dinosaurs. It's a good time. It's definitely early 90s. Uh, man. When we, I mean, at this point in our lives, we had cable, like we had bunny ears or like an antenna on the top of the uh, hill, and we had Channel 7, which was CTV, and Channel 4, which was CBC. So I don't think we watched that. Well, we did watch a lot of TV, but not great variety. You know? Yeah, in, in the bush of Canada, you don't get much, uh, you don't no. get much good cable. No, so but I mean I don't think we're missing too too much. Uh, however, though, top cartoons around this time because I mean you're kids, you want to watch cartoons. You're an adult, maybe you want to watch, smoke some weed, watch some cartoons. You know, uh, we got Winnie the Pooh, Darkwing Duck, Beetlejuice, Pirates of Dark Waters again, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Garfield, Super Mario World, Pro Stars, Little Shop of Horror, Tasmania, Bobby's World, and Tom and Jerry Kids. So, yeah, that's a pretty awesome, uh, that's a pretty awesome little lineup. Like I remember the Tasmania Bobby's World on Fox. Dang, it's good times. I feel like we watched those definitely later. Yeah. Like, Bobby's World was definitely a show I was watching when I was, say, 12. So, I mean, you know, it was only like six years later we were probably watching it in Canada. So, good job, Fox Kids. Yep. Way, way to nail it. Way to, uh, way to make pro- new quality products for us, you know? Yeah. Well, it's funny. It's like, it probably stopped airing in the United States like several years. But they're like, look at this new episode of Bobby's World, everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Movies that came out specifically around August 23rd. I moved the screen now. 1991. We could watch Dead Again, Defenseless, and Harley Davidson and the Marlboro. <clears throat> I've heard, never heard of any of these. Still in theaters. Could be T2, which came out July 2nd. God damn it, your phone. Uh, July 2nd. And if we waited a couple weeks, we could watch Ch- Beast Master 3 or Child's Play 3. Hmm. T2, excellent, excellent. Everybody loves that one. Uh, Beastmaster, see, I remember the first one, and then as soon as that one ferret dies, I'm just heartbroken. I have to turn it off, so um, I've definitely probably never got to the second one. Fair, fair enough. Uh, finally, oh, video games. Around this time were Super Mario World, SimCity, Gradius 3, and Pilot Wings, as well as the release of the super nintendo in north america so kind of cool yeah very cool awesome that it actually shipped with super mario world because i kind of i was kind of figured that they might have launched it with like super mario all-stars because that would feel like that'd be a very modern game launch Mm -hmm. thing it's like here the collection from last your last gen Mm -hmm. um so very cool that they actually released it with a full-fledged mario one of the best games ever well maybe i don't don't know it's up there it's up there and finally what we'd like to do just to make sure our nostalgia juices are fully developed fully fleshed out fully baked on and glazed we like to look at the top three songs according to the billboard charts the number three song for august 23rd 1991 is rush rush by paula abdul i didn't know it until that till that hook hit and i was like oh i've heard this song 
So very cool, very cool. Nice. <laughs> Paul Abdul uh, before alcoholism. I believe, yeah, I think so. I think well, like into drugs pretty hard at this point, you yeah, know. Like, but it, yeah. her liver's probably like fully functioning. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. She's still touring, so it's okay. The number two song, however, is "Unbelievable" by EMF. wait for that hook you know yeah we did yeah, it's good, yeah. good song man that's such a good tune uh, it was really funny because literally as i said it me and tyson were both like i don't i've I never don't. like as, as you're reading it out loud like i've never heard of this song and then enough. the hook hit and both of us just like, start tapping our heads we were yeah. like nice yeah, i know this nice and i think the number one song is very familiar to tyson because it's i do it for you by brian adams potentially tyson in the future so that's exciting And that song only builds from there. Yeah. So, hey, I'll put it to you like this: if you slightly speed that up, it sounds very similar to "Summer of '84." <laughs> interesting, interesting, interesting. Nice. Uh, so, not bad. You know, like eh, maybe it's up there. Like, I don't think it's as good as uh, that Christmas where Mega Man X came out. Summer '94, '93. I think it was like winter, winter December of like '93, '94, yeah, or something yeah, 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 like that. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those. Yeah. Pretty. But, like, I'll be honest with you, that might be a contender. August 91? Yeah, it's not bad, actually. Yeah, like, I mean, movies aren't great, but TV's killing it. You can watch Termin- Terminator 2, though? Yeah, and I could probably watch that movie, like, 12 times. Like, I'll go watch it right now, so... <laughs> I don't bad, know. Not, not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Good cartoon. Good job. Good job, you know. And a Super Nintendo to look forward to, mm-hmm. so not bad. I know. I know. Uh, so let's look at some of the fine. Now we know what kind of the cultural landscape, you know, we, we're in the we're in the zone. Let's look at some of the development details of this fine game. So F Zero was one was initially was one of the initial Japanese launch titles. Apparently not in North America too. Maybe in North America it was one of five launch titles. Mario World launched with the system. Pilot Wing, Sim City, and Gradius were the others. The designers were surprised that they were freely allowed to design the characters and courses. Uh, Yasunaro Nishida served as the main programmer. Mode 7 was used so that the raster graphic plane to be rotated and scaled freely, simulating the appearance of 3D environments without processing any polygons. Very cool. F-Zero and Pilot Wings existed almost entirely for the sake of showing off the system's pseudo-3D capabilities. An F-Zero jazz album was released on March 25th, 1992 in Japan. So, it's kind of neat. A jazz album, eh? I have never heard of that in my entire life, but I might need to go look look that up after this. <laughs> yep, I'm sure. not, not going to lie. Sure, why not? Why not? You know, why not, Bob? Why not, Bob? Uh, controls of this fine game. Uh, the directional pad kind of moves you left and right. A, accelerate. B, brakes. And uh, just 
start pauses, you know? Yeah. I think left and right shoulder bump bumpers kind of drift you. That's a true. Sli- yeah. Slight bit, but honestly, it's like that's so minute. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is actually kind of fun. I don't know if we've done this for a while or like when we did this last, but we look at the first memories, and specifically, this was one of the first games we owned with our SNES. So I played it a lot as a kid. Uh, I would compete. Uh, for, you know, one or two Grand Prix, kind of get bored or get beat kind of thing. Like, couldn't beat the harder difficulties, the harder Grand Prix. Uh, no idea what time trial meant, so I probably spent lots of time just driving around, jumping my car into the abyss, blowing up, uh, sitting on the little uh, recovery pads and, like, getting my health and then, like, going and bumping around on the to see how, like, close to death I could get and then, like, trying to get back to it. Uh, so just had a lot of fun, right? Yeah, and I think we were just... Um, this is one of the first games that I think we just started messing around with like just the actual game itself like i remember specifically going in time trials flipping around going the wrong way and then trying to like drive off backwards off a ramp because usually like you'll have a jump and you'll have to land it but i was like what happens if you just drive from the other way you just die yep <laughs> yeah so a lot of a lot of time spent i uh, don't think i think we probably had mario kart around the same time too and mario kart's just kind of the like a little bit slower, more cartoony, but because there's multiplayer, more family friendly, kid friendly experience. A lot more accessible for sure. Yeah, so this one is a little bit less accessible in that sense. But I did spend a lot of time playing this game as a kid. Uh, when it came out on the SNES, I definitely sat and played it for a little while, or the SNES Classic, sorry. Uh, you know, gave it a couple of whiles, played it. It's aged, you know, like I wouldn't say it's one of the top games of the. Um, being a, a, a race car lover um and a racing game like those are some of my favorite games i think it all started from f-zero because there's a bit of even when i'm playing it today just like knowing when to let off the gas when to break when to get back into those corners and when you're fighting the guy behind you like that's such a unique thing that's like it's kind of hard where like they'll you'll like You'll be uh, you'll pass somebody and like considering how you pass them, how you bump yeah. into them, just the physics of your two cars bumping back and forth are just like always like a really like difficult task for me. And uh, but it's so rewarding when you did it or when you actually like were in front of the, the guy trying to pass you the whole time and he actually ends up bumping you over the, the finish line. It's like oh yeah, I totally nailed that. It's like so there's there was so much rewards built into this that I think that uh, this this might be where my my love of race car driving came from. So nice. Nice, nice. Uh, so from there, we'll move on to the story of this fine game. F-Zero begins in the year 2560, where the human race encounters countless alien life forms throughout the universe, greatly expanding the Earth's social framework, resulting in trade, technology transfer, and cultural interchanges are carried out on an interplanetary basis. An association with wealthy space merchants created the F-Zero Grand Prix in an attempt to add some excitement to the opiate lifestyle. When the first race was held, people were angered at the brutality of the competition due to the various obstacles and traps along the raceway. As time passed, they became accustomed to these dangers and even began to demand more excitement and danger in the races. Winning the F-Zero Championship soon became the highest claim to fame in the universe! Wow, what a great story. Can't believe that guy's still around, you know? Yeah. Well, it's... I'm surprised F-Zero had a story. Yeah, no, it's very in-depth, too. It's not just as simple. I must not have read the manual as a kid. On to the level notes. This is kind of our Let's Play section of the podcast, where we 
talk about our game experience. Uh, so normally in an RPG, we used to uh, like very. This was this was mo- like fifty percent of the podcast, ninety percent of the podcast was us going through. I mean, and then you go over and you grab this chest. Uh, we're definitely doing a better job of summarizing, making it flow a little bit better, just giving you the information that you need to know. Uh, in this game, it's it's really simple. You select one of four racers: Captain Falcon and the Blue Falcon, Doctor Stewart and the Golden Fox, Pico in the Wild Goose, or Samurai Goro in the Fire Stingray. You can complete in a time trial. Uh, or Grand Prix, where the goal of the game is to outlast all the other racers on one of 15 racetracks. You must avoid other racers, edge barriers, slip zones, and make the most of recovery zones, and the super jet upgrades. Yeah, um, pretty cool. As you go up, like, there's different leagues. There's Knight, Mm -hmm. uh, there's Knight, Queen, then King. Okay. And each of those tracks have different variations of them so like some will be just like a a rectangle but they'll actually have like a crosswind Mm. kind of effect and i I remember i was was like kind of like blown away like how that even works on a bloody system like how can that physics push me and like it was just so cool like and adding that into a racing game is just like adding an extra level of like difficulty and depth that i don't think many even modern racing games like to even incorporate like yeah i know some of the burnout series incorporated like some environmental elements, but it's so few and far between. Or it's there's one I have, and it's literally a game about natural disasters coming to get you. And midway through the race, you look and a tornado's behind you, oh, yeah, and the idea is like to outrace the tornado. Yeah, but that's definitely more gimmicky. So yeah, and it's it's not like that. Yeah, it's, that's the point is to get away from the yeah. tornado, not to just win the race. Race storm or something? Huh. I don't know. Be... Over there, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care. I don't really care that much. So cool. Uh, so current thoughts on this game? Uh, you still feel the same about, way about it, kind of as you as it did? Uh, has it changed at yeah. all? Do you uh, difficulty still hard as heck? Yep. I might. I thought I was just a stupid kid, and I just didn't have good hand eye coordination. But no, it's just a hard game. Nope. Um, yeah. Overall, I think it's a pretty good game. I wouldn't say it's the best no. game on the SNES by any means, but it's if you're a racing fan, it's it's a must have. Um, yeah, I really enjoy it, but I definitely, if I had to have a top 10, it might not make it. It, I, it might, might skim in around 11 or 12. Yeah, like I said, I think we did a top 10 Super Nintendo list before. Uh, it definitely wasn't on my list, probably wasn't on my radar. Uh, it's a game I remember playing it, like I hold it, again, that nostalgia holds it up, I hold it fondly. Uh, but I don't believe it's, you know, top banana, top cheese, it's out there. Uh, it's an enjoyable experience, but again, it's, you know... It's got just, tough competition for to break that top uh, 10. It's, it's tough, you know. It, it, very cool use of the hardware. So they did an excellent job early on of uh, that. Uh, so kind of in that same vein what would you change with this game um well the obvious ones multiplayer yeah multiplayer uh they created this game it was great they didn't include multiplayer because they didn't really have that concept down just yet and they were probably under a time crunch to get this game out for the launch Uh, as a result though we got mario kart so it's kind of interesting it's kind of like a weird grandfather or like father of mario kart series that's that's, often forgotten so that's interesting um yeah the one one thing that I always kind of, like, was hoping is that they would have done, like, a, a second F-Zero. Yeah. Kind of like how they did, like, Star Fox 2, but, like, that game was obviously in development, but never got released until recently. We did we not talk about yeah. that just recently, about how the F-Zero series is definitely one of the most underutilized. Uh, there are newer versions, right, on the GameCube got one. I believe there was one on the Wii U or something like that. 
There's a more modern one hmm. uh, that's is very fast. You know, it, it's supposed to be kind I, of. I remember the GameCube one was considered to be like the pinnacle and was really, really, really hard. So, uh-huh. um, but it is one of those series where essentially F Zero should exist on every single system. You know, they should give it the nod, just like Mario. Yeah. Uh, it should be kind of one of the backbones. Uh, it's nice to see that Captain Falcon though has lived on in Smash Brothers and his popularity, just the fact that he is an overpowered character for the most part, give or take. Falcon uh, Punch. Uh, that is a giant meme so i think people definitely honor it uh remember the franchise fondly as a result of how it's been portrayed it's not just a black sheep where it's swept under the rug they hold it up they just don't make it it's kind of like metroid yeah right yeah. like essentially this is metroid and f-zero are kind of in the same vein They're like it's great and people love them but we're not going to really honor them or like do them justice and give them good launches yeah they're they're not they're they're the b team yeah you're they're, just, they're not our yeah. a team like they're yeah. not they're not mario link and yeah. kirby it's like come on now you go to your corner <laughs> you, you're like but which is sad because honestly, some of those uh, the second tier games, like I'd say, even put even Star Fox kind of in that one because yeah, um, yeah, they kind of get a game, but I, they seem to always be getting gimmick games instead of an actual like true. Well, the fact session. that Star Fox Two, it took them twenty years to release it. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah, yeah. So nice. So yeah, overall uh, enjoyable experience. If you have a SNES classic, play it. Uh, if you got a Wii U and it's sitting there, in the, it's worth ten bucks. It's fun. Yeah, especially if you're a racing fan. Yeah, like if, if you if you're a Mar- that, if you like Mario Kart, play this game. Yeah, and if you think you're a hardcore Mar- Mario Karter, play this game. Yeah, you just you just you just try to get first in all of King League. If that's if you do, good kudos to you. Nice, nice. Uh, so with that, what we like to do is one thing is we like to. A section called cultural significance. So somehow we like to look at interesting stories, marketing tactics, tropes that relate to this game. Uh, we give some examples of other, uh, and then we finally tie it all back together. Uh, as well as Tyson was doing this, I meant to do this on our year-end recap, so I apologize. Uh, but if you have any examples. Uh, for cultural significance and you want to share it with us we'd love to read your examples uh, any feedback from or just sharing with fans is great mm-hmm. we greatly appreciate it so don't hesitate to ever send something out whether it's good or positive you yeah. know constructive and, and honestly, or like, deconstructive we kind of have a, a little small horde of um, response gifts so if you want to start kind of messaging out to us please do like I'm more than happy to send you guys a few like I got a couple games for free that I'm sitting on my shelf specifically for Podtundo people yep. and I have some DVDs as well so yeah if you ever wanted to play a South Park game I think we have like two or three digital copies of Stick of Truth we have like I've got a couple N64 games kicking around so yep and I got a couple Xbox One games and uh, I mean I, not to bribe anyone no but it's one of those things where it's like it's like but give us feedback give us comments or if you want to just participate we appreciate it and who knows, if you're a Simpsons fan, maybe you get a DVD of something. Nice, nice. Uh, so with that, let's look specifically at what this game is. Not so much just a racing game or high speed, but the fact it came out with the system. So let's look at launch titles for all the big... Well, we'll see what kind of time we have. But essentially, all of the big major systems. So we start with the NES. I didn't write down the date, so we're just going to pretend when it launched. There were 17 titles, which included Duck Hunt, Excite Bike. Ice Climbers, Wrecking Crew, and Super Mario Brothers. Interesting little lineup. Can't be a bit of Mario Brothers there. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we've talked about the Super Nintendo, where we've got Super Mario World, F-Zero, Pilot Wings, Gradius 3, and Pilot Wings. Uh, moving on to the second... I don't know. They have, like, different generations. I just call them, like, the first ones, because there's, like, no... There's no numbers. Anyways, PlayStation. There was nine games, which included Rayman, Ridge Racer, and Street Fighter the movie. Huh. All right. My soundproof studios 
really working today. <laughs> uh, let's we'll just stay in that generation, and we can talk about it. N64 had Pilotwing 64 and Mario 64. Xbox had 20 that included Dead or Alive 2, Halo, Oddworld, Munch's Odyssey, Project Gotham Racing, and Test Drive Road Wide Open, as well as Tony Hawk 2. And so. as a person that bought an Xbox on launch day, I owned, like, five of these games. <laughs> Yeah, there were lots of... I feel like most of the games I played on the Xbox were launch games. I've never played Pilot Wings, whether it be Super Nintendo or N64, which is weird. Yeah, neither have I. It's one of those franchises that's like, we've never touched this. Mm-hmm. I have no want to touch it, and maybe that's just no interest in flight simulators. And Street Fighter the movie sounds terrible. Oh, God, does it ever. Oh, God. So moving to the second generation, whatever you want to call them, we've got the PS2, where there was 27 launch titles we had armor core 2 dead or alive 2 midnight club or midnight club street racing that might be one word that's, i don't know or dead or alive 2 midnight club street racing there we go orphan scion of sorcery ridge racer 5 ssx time splitters unreal tournament and x squad also have lots of those games yeah right? i'm like i'm pretty sure you just read like our ps2 library <laughs> gamecube there was 12 games that came out and included Crazy Taxi, Dave Mara's Beer Max 2, Luigi Mansion, Star Wars Rogue Squadron 2, Super Monkey Ball, Wave Race, Blue Storm, and Tony Hawk 3, and the Xbox 360, which was in that generation or the next? It's next generation. Now, I guess Xbox kind of goes with PS2 and GameCube, right? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so, good games there for the most part. And yeah. like I said, for some reason, we own lots of those Xbox and PS2 launch games, which is odd, right? Yeah, I feel like we bought a lot of those on Toys at Toys R Us. Or they might have been, yeah, like, yeah, launch. Uh, Greatest hits or discount kind of thing. So, on to the next generation where we get the Xbox 360. And there were 17 games that included Call of Duty 2, Gun. That might be its own game. Need for Speed, most or Need for Speed Most Wanted, Perfect Dark Zero, Project Gotham Racing 3, Quake 4, Ridge Racer 6, Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. PS3 had 14, which included Call of Duty 3, Genji, Yay the Blades, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, Need for Speed, Carbon, Resistance, Ridge Racer 7, Untold Legends, Dark Kingdom. Wii that had 22, which included Call of Duty, Twilight Princess, uh, that's a good one, Marvel's Ultimate Alliance, Rayman, Red Steel, Super Monkey Ball, Banana Blitz, and Wii Sports. It's actually kind of interesting. You can see the uh, how PlayStation and Xbox have very similar lineups, and then there's always Nintendo being like, "We have some of those, but we're also doing the Nintendo thing." And then that generation of like the Wii and the PS2 and the Xbox 360. It's like, man, those are so linked. Like, yep. it was like they were there. That was I think we have probably peak competition for that stuff. Yeah. So. Well, essentially, you know, if we read when we read through this next part of the list, uh, what it looks like is they are kind of the similar launch titles. They throw lots of crap out there. I find that some of the best titles though, I mean, I guess we can go through the rest of the list, come out on launch day for the system from Nintendo. Right. True. So, I mean, if we go back through it, so you got the super Mario world, Luigi's mansion, Super Mario brothers, super Mario brothers, uh, N64, super Mario 64, 64, which might be the best N64 game of all time. Yeah. Uh, you look at the, Wii, you have got like Wii sports, which was great. Twilight princess, which is awesome. If you go to the switch, uh, between one, two switch, uh, Super Mario R. I don't know what that is. I think it's Bomberman R, which is yeah. weird that I wrote that. Uh, Breath of the Wild, uh, Little Inferno, Dance, Dance, or Just Dance 2017, and Skylanders Imaginators. Breath of the Wild might be one of the best Zelda games of all time. Came launch title for the Switch. So Nintendo likes to show off their hardware, come out swinging with a game, and make you want to buy that system, whereas everyone else just kind of. Here's, here's a system, here's some hardware, we'll develop later, and then you'll get into it, right? So Yeah, and it seems like it's more of, like, the PlayStation Xbox is more of, like, here, we're refreshing this, it's mm-hmm. kind of part of, like, a cycle, you're just gonna buy the same games, but on a newer system, whereas, like, Nintendo always seems to be, like, 
you need this killer game and you need this new console to play yeah. it. And this is a game you're going to talk about for years and years. Versus other games don't have that. Like even PlayStation 3. Uh, a couple years later, Uncharted comes out. And then they kind of make Uncharted 2. And then finally 3. And you would say that 2 or 3 are part of the more definitive experience. But it was much later in the console's life once they understand it. Whereas Nintendo, they kind of start high and they hit it the ball out of the park. Maybe they have one or two big hits, but then it definitely peters out. Whereas lots of these other consoles, uh, some of the better games come out later in the lifespan. So it's just interesting that that's how Nintendo kind of does it. That's how their ideas yeah. work. They fluctuate. And it's kind of neat. It's very different. Um, uh, it's, it's very different kind of curve how they do things. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Xbox, PlayStation ramps up and uh, PlayStation and Nintendo kind of comes up and then yeah. peters off like a ski hill. Yeah. Uh, so with that, I mean, I'm not going to read the Wii U, PS4, Xbox One, just because they. I feel like they're very recent, and we probably remember those a little bit. Uh, but, I mean, if you're interested, you can pull up a launch title list, essentially, for those. Nothing great jumps out, to be honest with you. So Yeah, and it's like it, we'd be re- reading almost the same games yeah, three times. pretty much. So hopefully that kind of iterated that point where F-Zero came out swinging. It showed off this hardware. It was kind of a fun little thing. It's still a very fun, enjoyable experience versus right now, if we went back to the Wii, and I bet you we played... Raymond Ra- Raving Rabbids or Red Steel. I bet you those games don't hold up as well as just some earlier games. Yeah. Especially that Nintendo can put out. So, or I guess specific games, right? So. Yeah. And unfortunately, you can't always have the strongest launch lineup. Yeah. Like, you can try to come out swinging. But I actually feel like Nintendo, what they did for the Switch was really awesome. Mm-hmm. It was less of like, here's all our launch titles. But it was like, here's all your launch titles. And every single month, you're going to get a new good game. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, it was good, and I think it's shown the success. I think people are enjoying the Switch, and hopefully it carries on, you know? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm having a good time with yeah. it. Oh, God, just give, me, just give me an F-Zero game on the Switch is all I'm asking, mm-hmm. please. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice. So, final, are you buying it? And we'll get out of here. So, there we go. So, thinking about some of the aspects of F-Zero, you have a full roster of completely over-the-top characters, some of who are considered good, some of who are con- uh, feed off the crowd's hatred um and a few even have long-standing feuds with each other like samurai gora and captain falcon absolutely ridiculous stories uh involving the a-listers saying uh captain falcon or the black shadow in a battle of good versus evil whenever a character wins they get a championship and there's all kinds of trash talking doesn't this kind of remind you of some type of weird like spectacle sport maybe like the wwe of the future is f-zero actually a staged competition is it sports entertainment of the future i wonder if it is because they are very they're characters Mm -hmm. like very big caricatures Mm -hmm. and i mean like i don't think captain falcon's an actual captain Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. so well then the fact i guess that you would say he's the captain of a ship yeah, I right. guess so. I guess so. But I, I, I don't know. I think like those F-Zero ships by that point is kind of more like just cars of the future. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I like your theory. Nice. Maybe that's what they, how they should do the uh, the Switch one. Just make it like a, like a, almost do a Mario. You have to like be behind the scenes and like tell promos and stuff. And like you win money based on how good your promo uh, was. Nintendo, get in contact with uh, 2K and get mm-hmm. the people to make the WWE games and then just be like... Can you make us a bunch of random characters and then just get a, a bunch of racing developers just to do the, all the racing side of thing and get the 2K sports to do all the kind of like theatrics? You might have something. You might have something. Might have something there. Nice, nice. So with that, that kind of ends our, I guess, last game that we had to look at uh, in this series before we get into Smash Brothers. So potentially we said Smash Brothers a couple times today. You might be hearing Smash Brothers in two weeks. Um, yes, but 
before we end this game or end this, I have to say DuckTales. Oh, uh, smart. I, yep. We so. didn't say DuckTales, you're right. <laughs> that was too close. That was too close. Very, very, very close. We, we almost messed that up. We have a nice streak going. Yeah, almost but, started, started the year, we almost wrecked it out. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for keeping up with your resolutions. That's good to always say DuckTales. Yep. Uh, and with that, yeah, like I said, we were out of here. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks, probably looking at Smash Brothers and probably a movie review towards the end of the month, maybe even the start of the next month, and go from there. So thanks for listening, guys, and take care. Have a good one. Bye.